So Chris, somebody asked me the other day, should I get a job where I general I'm a I'm a full stack developer. I'm a jack of all trades. Or would it better would it be better for me to specialize in one particular um, thing? And I and I think they're they're asking the question from the standpoint of I don't want to I don't want to stunt my career. I want to make sure I'm making the best decision for myself early mm-hmm. on in my career. This was a younger developer. Um, and they, they, they had, a they, they were good in part of the tech stack and maybe the door opened up for them to like really focus on that. But there, there was fear of that. Um, what, what advice would you give a person like that who's new, new in their career and really has to decide, you know, which door do I walk through? Yeah. I think if you're new and you're uncertain of where you want to go, take the generalist like because what that's going to do is it's going to expose you to a lot of new facets and generally um sometimes you will interact with a specialist and see what you do and don't like and this is kind of like a way of like testing the waters without making a commitment yeah For those who who maybe don't understand the terms, can you define what it means to be a generalist versus a specialist? Yeah, so I mean, I think the the generalist is um, it's learning a little bit out of everything, right? So you kind of have shallow knowledge, right? So you're you're kind of in the waiting pool, but it's a big pool. Um, when you're a specialist, you know you're again you're getting into like one area of domain and or one area of knowledge and you're just diving really deep so an example would be a dba so again understanding how the engine works every little like nuance of how that does and essentially that's like going into the diving pool that's like 10 feet deep you know it's small but like you're going to go far okay um i think i've heard you use an analogy before the the cake the cake analogy yeah yeah yeah, so I mean, and another way to also look at it too is like you know when you're slicing your cake, you got your layers of cake. You know, um, as a generalist, your top layer, your frosting, is your presentation. Then the first layer is going to be like your API. Then you got your database and whatever else that you have in between. Yeah. Um, the the specialist is they really know how to make that top layer of cake. Yeah. They, they they don't know how to do anything else, but they can make that cake. Damn it. They, they're really good at, what is it? Fondant or? Oh God, nobody use. No, is that terrible? Sorry, please, bad analogy. Please, please, please nobody use fondant. <laughs> it tastes so bad. Um, okay. So generally, generally you want to be a generalist. When you're starting out in your career, it's, it's wise to be a generalist because it gives you exposure to, all the different areas because mm-hmm. later in your career you might decide hey i really like doing data access or i really like doing ui yeah and i think it's i think you see that experience in a lot of those specialist people anyway it's like right they're not people that you know they woke up one day and like i want to do i just want to learn everything about SQL. like yeah. they started somewhere else and it, i don't want to say like they fell into it but they found a passion you know, and then that drove them to learn and discover and really kind of learn their best practices and really start mentoring. Well, maybe I don't want to jump at that point yet, but <laughs> what um, what would be a reason? 
if, if you're on a team, let's say you're on a team of five people, um, and you you see an opportunity to specialize, what, what would be some reasons for you to to want to do that? Um, I mean, so one is there there's a need, right? There's a desire, and if you have a desire, like it. You know, this is kind of one of those things that, you know, they say like opportunities just fall into your lap sometimes or, you know, just seize the opportunity. Like if you're seeing that and you're like, hey, I want to learn more about this, like take it, you know, because nobody's going to fault you for it because obviously it's already a hole in the team. Like take the opportunity to learn something more, discover more. And again, if you learned it, you don't like it, you know, it's it's not like that the need what isn't being fully filled. Why yeah. are you just doing it? Or you can at least take that and share your knowledge with others. Yeah, for some perspective, if you're um if you're a manager, you, you're always gonna take the path of least resistance when it comes to getting work done. We're we're kind of like water; we just flow. And if there's somebody on your team that is always excelling at a particular thing, mm-hmm. like I'm really good at troubleshooting database performance, like they are gonna be your go-to guy all mm-hmm. the time. And every time you're that go-to you're learning more and more and more now on the flip side of that if you're like hey i'm good at this but i don't want to go that deep in that tell your manager like make sure you're clear like hey i can see that you're coming to me for this and i'm becoming a specialist but that's not where i want to go and we actually had somebody say that to us they're like i i don't want to be a i don't want to specialize in this particular thing even though i'm really good at it i really like the generality of what I do and a good manager will respect, respect that. that. Yeah, yeah. They won't, they won't pressure you to do that. Um, so it's kind of a double edged sword. Like if, if you're really good at something and you accept that work, just understand that you're accepting, you're accepting that, 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 that yeah. pathway. Right. Yeah. And, and again, this is kind of the forge your own path and whatever, like, yeah, that's essentially what it is. Um, you know, I'm thinking, um, literally this these past couple of weeks we've been talking about uh progressive web apps and kind of that space yeah now that that's a uh knowledge gap that i need need to get my team on however in order for me to kind of help guide them i need to understand it myself and i've already kind of delved in a couple of different areas on that and we were presented a problem that we wanted to kind of see okay how does a progressive progressive web app or really a service worker um work to help with offline or preloading uh files so that we don't have to wait for the person to like hit the page and then all of a sudden you got all the files coming in out of sync or whatever it is um now i will say like i'm by no means an expert but you know that problem presented itself um now this is me maybe just seeing a hammer and wanting to hit this problem with a hammer but it gave me an opportunity to learn more and a deeper understanding of how it works Again, still not an expert, but I can at least articulate to a team, okay, this is why you might want to do this. And this is me as an architect, not as a manager yeah. trying to learn this. Um, so I can help guide my team and like decisions going forward of like, okay, this is why we want to do it. This is what it doesn't do. You know, the um, the best practice of it all. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of benefits to specialization. I mean, we we can think of like. A DBA is, is a, an example of a role that you really want to specialize in. We, we operated without a DBA for a long time, and it, it can work for a limited time, but at some point you need to invest in somebody who understands databases inside and out. Right, because otherwise you get me and Robert, and you're like, uh, that, make that an index, maybe? Yeah, we're making <laughs> terrible choices. Um, 
it's like I I can change the oil in my car, but I'm I can't replace the transmission. You mm-hmm. need you need a deviator to replace the transmission. Um, and I think another example is UI UX. That that's a pretty common path. Um, a lot of universities are offering degrees that focus in that because they're mm-hmm. recognizing, hey, this is something that businesses are specializing in. Well, and when you talk about like you know, and this is again back to the the progressive web app like it's building your web application to be mobile friendly yeah. or mobile well it's not even mobile friendly it's mobile also i think is what they're calling it um because mobile first isn't the thing because you're designing it for both desktop and mobile at the same time um or just general accessibility because that is a that's becoming more and more of a standard in ui ux yep. in in terms of making sure people you know uh People with limitations are able to access the same content that able-bodied people are. Completely off topic, but I watched Blue with my kids, and I learned the other day that they don't use colors that colorblind people can't see. It's there's no reds and greens in the entire show. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> that's um, yeah. Well, and I know like this is the thing that I I know, and again I don't know a lot about UI UX. But the couple things I do know is, again, like if you're going to do colors, you also have to have a symbol associated to it. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Because, it, you know, it, it's just some of those little things or, um, again, the person that I was referring to that, you know, they want to eat and breathe accessibility to some degree because it's near and dear to their heart. But like, OK, now what happens if you put the site in the screen reader? OK, how does that work? Or like when you're tabbing or things like that, like it's very important to kind of understand like and it's things that again we're not thinking of and 20 years ago 10 years ago nobody cared we, nobody cared nobody cared right? yeah so um yeah that, that's awesome and and it's it's good and it's a it's a good direction we're headed towards um but w- with specialization i think because uh, the answer to, to all of our problems is not let's just specialize everything there there is a purpose for generalization and from a from a management standpoint when i hear specialist i I hear liability or like, Hey, there, there's, there's one guy mm-hmm. in your organization that knows this. Um, so the, I, I don't think the, I don't think the specialization completely obliterates or replaces generalization. There still should be generalists on your team. I think there has to be right. Because you need somebody to be able to pick up, I don't want to say pick up the slack, but to be able to, I think the way that I typically sometimes put a generalist is they act as a surgeon, right? Because they can probably usually quickly kind of understand the problem, get in, get out, get the problem solved, move on with their life, right? Where a specialist, if you're putting them in an area that they're not comfortable with, it's going to take forever for them to figure it out. Yeah. Or they might not even have the skills equipped to do it. The other thing too is like generalization just fits really well with agile because if you're on a high functioning agile team, um, anybody can work on anything. And I think if you tried to put agile with a team of specialists, it would almost instantly turn into waterfall. Yeah. I, mean, I, I kind of, you know, to put, ask you this question, like in our environment, we have QA with the team. I hate that. Yeah. So like, I mean, but I, like, I hate it. <laughs> Right. Because it results in QA has nothing to do for the first like quarter of the sprint, and then the developers have nothing to do at the end of the sprint. It... Yeah, I mean, in reality, that's not how we operate. But like in in that model, that's essentially what happens. Well, it it it's we have to go through 
um, extraordinary measures to prevent that from happening. We have to like front load the sprint with like regression, regression testing. testing. And then, but then it interrupts the team with their sprint because yeah. now they're taking care of regression issues. And we got to backload the sprint with bugs from the previous sprint. So there's a lot of mental hoops we got to jump through to just because we specialize now. Um, or because we allow a specialist in the team or yeah. in the sprint. My, my answer to that is simple, but it might be offensive. I would say put the QA out of the sprint and let the team test their stuff in the lower environments and let the QA specialize in mm -hmm. testing and test automation outside the sprint. Um, now we haven't done that for a variety of reasons, but I think there, I think even in the context of scrum, there's a place for specialization, but it might look a little different than just throwing them in the sprint. Yeah. And, and I know I haven't seen this like work in a lot of, I haven't seen this done, but, a desire of mine is to, you know, those specialists aren't specializing in what they do. Uh, they're they're teaching yeah. others how to be better in what they do. Okay, so this is to me, this is the answer to the the liability question that uh, the liability that, that mm -hmm. to me comes to specialization because the old mentality of specialization is you are the only one that can do it, and yeah. I it's gatekeepy. I, I hate that. I, I hate when people are proud of the fact that I am the only one that knows how to do this because from a management standpoint, you're basically boasting in the fact that you're a walking liability. Right. And then and then what happens if you start becoming crummy or poor performing or things like that? Yeah, you can, you're can you holding the company hostage. Um, but what you said, I think, is a better way to look at it. And I think a, a, a fresh perspective, changing what a specialist is. It's not a gatekeeper. It's, an, it's a mentor. It's a, it's a mentor. Teacher. It's an evangelist. It's a yeah, a coach, somebody who is the expert that you can go to. And I think we do this really well today with our DBA role. Mm -hmm. the, the DBA we hired, he is the most approachable guy I've ever met, and he loves to teach. And it's funny because like I remember the interview with him. He's just like, I don't, I don't want to gatekeep. Like yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, he's like, I just want to make sure everybody knows what they're, what they're doing and why they're doing it. And it, again, when I come in as an architect for my teams, it's, you know, I'm just trying to teach them the best practices and why they should make the decisions that they're making or why the decision that they're trying to make, what they should think through of why that is. Because then at that point, I don't need to hold their hand every step of the way because they're educated enough to make the right decision. Yep. And I know there's several times that they said, what will Chris do? And, and they, you know, they just that taking a moment and just thinking of hearing my voice in their head, they're like, no, I should really do it this way. I know I don't want to, but it's going to be more maintainable. It's going to be more scalable. It's going to it's going to reduce less effort in the future. Yep. And, and there are things that only the DBA does. But oh, for sure. His one of his many responsibilities is to make sure that um, the developers understand best practices mm -hmm. and rather than him being the only one that can write SQL changes because we we determined very quickly that is not sustainable mm -hmm. we have we move way too fast um, the better solution is I'm gonna he's gonna create these guidelines and then he's gonna educate and kind of police the police to me is a like a a negative way of framing it but he's gonna make sure that those standards are being upheld and yeah. when he sees that they're not, he educates and informs. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a better way of looking at specialization. Um, and I think it, 
it's as managers we should we should view it that way because it minimizes all of the liability that generally comes with being a specialist yeah uh, pun intended there. 